Welcome once again to GreatAMovies.com. I'm Larry Lannon. I'm at LarryAndFishers.com. That's my blog and where you can find my podcast. And uh, we welcome our, gen- our our usual guests, Adam Austin, who writes for GreatAMovies.com and TheFilmYap.com. So, Adam, welcome again. Good to see you, Larry. And uh, we welcome uh, Alec as well. Alec Toombs is with us. Uh, so, Alec, once again, great to talk to you this week. Good to see you both. We're going to dive right into the films. We have limited time today, and I want to start off with Adam Austin. You have seen The Jungle Cruise. I've been hearing a lot about this film. I want to see if you uh, nosedive into the other uh, film reviews that I have read. So go right ahead. Tell us about Jungle Cruise and what you think of it. So Jungle Cruise is the latest uh, Disney offering, both in theaters and on Disney Plus this Friday, July 30th, depending on when you're watching this. If you watch it on Disney Plus, it does cost an extra $30 to watch. And it stars two big stars in the Dwayne Johnson. He doesn't, he's not The Rock anymore, even though I still call him The Rock. Uh, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt both have done Uh, Big budget movies, uh, both for kids and adults. Uh, You may have seen Emily Blunt uh, recently in Quiet Place Part 2 or uh, Mary Poppins Returns for Disney, The Rock, and and things like um, uh, any of the uh, uh, ride-along, the movies with Kevin Hart that he did, The Central Intelligence, Jumanji, uh, Fast and the Furious. He's, He's done everything. So you have huge bankable stars based on a... Disney ride, similar to Pirates of the Caribbean, where they have a ride turned into a movie. Um, This one heavily is influenced by films like The African Queen with Humphrey Bogart and uh, Catherine Hepburn. Uh, You can see a lot of Indiana Jones, both in the score and in the stunts that pulled off a lot of Indiana Jones. And and from that degree, you can also say The Mummy, the, the ones with Brendan Fraser, you see a little bit of that in there. And then, of course, you see the kind of action and uh, supernatural effects like Pirates of the Caribbean. There are some villains that have some enhanced computer effects, just not to give anything away, that are very reminiscent of the ghost pirates in the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Now, this film is getting bad reviews from a lot of people. Some people are giving it one star, saying they hated it. Uh, And a lot of things they were knocking is the fact that they thought it was a ripoff of a lot of those movies that I mentioned. What I actually think from seeing this is it's more of an homage than a ripoff. It's hard to say, where do you draw the line between homage and ripoff? But I think it, it love, lovingly references a lot of these classic films that we love. It does it with two stars that have a lot of charisma. It's fast paced, it's full of energy. Uh, it's appropriate for kids, although maybe a little scary for younger kids. There's snakes and spiders and whatnot. Uh, and it's everything that I expected from a movie based on a theme park ride. Let's be honest. This is a movie based on a ride. So I don't think we're expecting an Oscar winning film. Um, it exceeded my expectations. Uh, I had a good time. It was a little long. There are times some of the computer effects were very noticeable, but uh, no more so than Pirates of the Caribbean, which everyone loves. So I actually am going to give it a good score. I'm going to give it a, a B, a maybe, maybe even a B plus, probably most likely a B or a three and a half or four stars out of five. To me, this is just as good as Cruella, 
It's uh, just as good as uh, many of the Disney offerings we enjoy. And to uh, be down on it for its flaws when you're not holding other movies accountable for those doing those same things is unfair. Okay, I got a few questions. First of all, is 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 this appropriate for your two-year-old daughter when you talk about ages? Um, no, it's appropriate. She would just be bored because she just likes animated stuff. <laughs> like, okay, it's, fair enough. It's literally, if it's live action, there's very few live action movies that she gets into. Mm-hmm. Um, she, oh, sorry. You finish she, she did like, she would probably like the, the live action. Uh, I think it's a jaguar or a leopard that is in the film, although that's not that much. Alec, go. Um, it seems as though the movie's actually getting decent reviews overall. It seems to be local critics in, in Indiana who aren't liking it on a whole. I just looked it up. It has like a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is fresh. I would also notice. This is, you know, maybe reviewers need to start noting, did you see this in a theater or did you watch a screener? It's a different experience. I saw it in a theater. Uh, I am vaccinated. Me and my wife, we went. Uh, There was barely anybody in the theater. But Disney was offering a screener link for those who can't get vaccinated or just don't want to. Sometimes it's just your schedule doesn't work. Uh, And so that was an option. I saw it at theater. I liked it. I enjoyed it. You know, The Rock is the kind of actor that he takes bad movies and makes them somewhat decent. He doesn't make them amazing, but he makes them somewhat decent through his charisma and charm. Uh, and yeah, man, he used to be a pro wrestler, and here he is. We should just appreciate him. He's going to be old one day. He's kind of old now. He's got the graying stubble like Humphrey Bogart. So let's enjoy The Rock and Emily Blunt fighting some CGI spiders. It's a lot of fun. Well, you have to excuse me if Dwayne Johnson's age is does not really <laughs> is not one of the big interest things. I have read a lot of the reviews, and they are kind of all over the place. But most of the ones I read are negative. They're not all negative, but I want to ask you this, Adam. What I have been reading is that uh, the brightest spot in this film is Emily Blunt. Would you agree with that? Emily Blunt is she's great. You know, we knew she was a good actress, you know, back even back when I first saw her in Devil Wears Prada, you know, she had a small role, but she was great, great in uh, Girl on the Train. But she's done really good action movies. Remember The Edge of Tomorrow? She was cooler than Tom Cruise in that movie. And then uh, Quiet Place Part One and Part Two really solidified her as an action star. Here, she kind of gets the Katherine Hepburn thing right, but she can still throw a nice punch. I think she does a really good job. Um, a couple other cameos. So Jesse Plemons, who's one of the underrated character actors of today, he plays the villain with a very cartoonish German accent. It's like a, you know, dialect school. It's like Rocky and Bullwinkle level or maybe Hogan's Heroes level uh, of accent. So it's not the most accurate German accent. But Jesse Plemons plays it over the top and with a lot of a joy that, it's fun and over the top, raw German stereotype villain and set in World War One. Why not? It works. Um, and Paul Giamatti, uh, you know, always the handsome leading la- leading man in movies. Uh, he plays a little different character. He plays an overweight Italian guy who's not very likable and uh, has <laughs> a little different character. For, for Paul Giamatti. 
Uh, I'm not sure Paul Giamatti is always the handsome leading man. Sometimes I, was sarcasm, I, I hope that that, that was, was sarcasm. sarcasm. <laughs> I was hoping that was sarcasm. He's always the schlub. Um, uh, and he's I, the schlub in this one. He is the, he's got a big gold tooth and he's like, Frank, where's my money, Frank? Where's my money? So uh, Paul Giamatti, brief appearance, but always enjoyable. My wife hates him. Uh, uh, I like just gonna call hate everything that's good in this world. My dad loves Paul Giamatti. I, I do too. You you should love Paul Giamatti. He's lovable. Well, that I would. His characters aren't lovable. Have you seen yeah. Billions? What What about like Cinderella Man? Like he's great in that. That'd be a good one. But I think she. I think Sideways uh, got her sideways. So she. Oh, uh, Paul Giamatti her. is ca- is a great actor, capable of playing whatever role they throw at him. I think that's the bottom line. And he's played a lot of villains and good and good guys in a whole thing. I, he My favorite Don- year for Paul Giamatti, just a Paul Giamatti random, was the year that he did two very similar roles, Love and Mercy, the uh, the Beach Boys movie, where he plays the manager with the bad wig who was ripping them off for money. And then he was also in Straight Outta Compton, where he plays the manager with the bad wig who was ripping them off for money. Uh, well, both the same played, year. <laughs> he also played John Adams, you know, President yes. John Adams. The bad wig. It was a very bad wig in that way. <laughs> But I will, my last comment about this is that it is no surprise that at Disney World, they've opened up the new and improved Jungle Cruise ride just at the same time that this film is yes. opening. The, that, is no, that is no accident. The new ride, they've removed the racial stereotypes in Disney World and Disneyland, the Jungle Cruise. The tribal warriors and the things that might not be as politically correct nowadays are removed. I'm sure some people will say, that ruins it. I'm not going anymore. Well, they're their park capacity is pretty high, right? They're, they're doing very well. So I'm sure they'll be fine because, you know, you think the lack of, uh, of racial stereotypes ruins your kid's vacation. Well, but, uh, I, I always enjoy Disney World. I love going there in general. I don't love everything about it, but I generally enjoy it. And I'll go to the, on the new Jungle Cruise next time I'm there. I was actually some references to the ride. So if you've been on the ride, they make some references to some of the things like the backside of water and stuff. So this is, this movie is very Disney in a good way. I I didn't uh, think that the old ride was that great. So we'll see if the new one's any better. So, okay. So with jungle cruise, I would say that uh, Adam is saying, yeah, that's, it's a good film and children of a certain age would enjoy it with some scary moments in it. So it's good to get that uh, going. And, and uh, I think uh, Alec is right. I think 67% is the rotten tomato grade, but I, I saw all, I mean, just all over the place types, uh, of, of reviews, not just from Indiana. Uh, there are a lot of uh, pretty bad reviews all over the country, along with the good ones and the ones in the middle. So, uh, my wife said it's the best movie she's seen in a theater in more than a year. Really? Well, that's something. Okay. How many movies has she seen in the theater over the last year? This is the first one since COVID. That's <laughs> why <laughs> so I figured. Wait, we were waiting for she, the punchline on that. But one. she also. Sorry, really I undercut your joke there, buddy. <laughs> she did really like the movie, though. Well, that's that's good to hear. All right, we're going to move on to uh, to Alec. Alec has some some films that he wants wants to talk about. Let's start off. There's a a movie with Snake Eyes in the title. Tell us uh, about it and and uh, your review. Sure. The movie is called Snake Eyes GI Joe Origins. It's directed by a gentleman named Robert Schwinke. He directed the uh, Bruce Willis vehicle Red about a decade ago. Um, 
this I don't know who this movie was for. As as a kid of the '80s, I loved ninjas and ninja movies. Um, the action in this movie was just subpar. Uh, it was filmed very tightly and chopped tall hell, so you can't really see what's happening at any point. I think a lot of this was done in order to uh, obstruct the fact that uh, the movie's uh, star. I'm trying to remember this gentleman's name. Uh, he was in Crazy Rich Asians. Mm. Sorry. Henry Golding is the oh, gentleman's name. I do um, remember him. Okay. He's a decent actor, but he's not a martial artist. And you have real martial artists in the movie. Uh, uh, there was a cat named Iko Uwe, who was in the raid pictures from a few years ago. Why not have him be Snake Eyes and, and just film him doing the magic he can do? Um, I was pretty bored by the movie. I would give it two out of five stars. Okay, Snake Eyes, uh, two out of five stars, sort of the same thing you have on on the dice table. So yeah. the next... <laughs> no coincidence. No coincidence. I'm a guy who, if I go to a casino, I enjoy the, I enjoy the dice game. Uh, the next film you want to talk about is Jolt. And I, I may be the only one on this panel old enough to remember this. But many years ago, Jolt Cola? pardon me, the Jolt, Jolt, Cola? Is Jolt that Cola, Jolt Cola was <laughs> famous for having more caffeine than any other cola product before or after. And I, I don't, how long did it, it only lasted a few months. And finally, I think maybe the medical authorities <laughs> told them to take it off the market. It was not healthy for anyone. So when I think of Jolt, I think of that crazy uh, over caffeinated soft drink, but this is also that, the that was around when Adam and I were kids. I, okay, so you I, guys I don't remember. think I, okay. I might have had one once. It was uh, it didn't taste very good. I saw this thing in the store, Larry, where it was like uh, a powderized caffeine that you could add to to drinks with like a little powder. So you could make your own Jolt Cola if you want, Larry. You just pour some of that caffeine into a Coke and stir it up, and um, then you could like record six podcasts all at once. Yes, with uh, with no sleep, as a matter of fact. So yeah, caffeine over being over caffeinated is not good for me. I'm an old guy. So I thought, how about the film Jolt? What does uh, what does uh, Alex say about that? Jolt is available on Amazon Prime. Uh, it, it's it's an okay movie. It is uh, it stars Kate Beckinsale, who you may remember from the Underworld movies. Um, she's kind of getting her own version of the Jason Statham vehicle crank with this movie. Um, she has impulse control issues due to a lack of cortisol in her body, which causes her to engage in violent outbursts where she attacks people at random. Um, she is wired all over her body with these electric sensors that will shock her in order to bring her back to normalcy. Um, her doctor is played by Stanley Tucci um, there's some really good actors in the movie. Bobby Cannavale is in it playing a police officer. Uh, Laverne Cox is another cop in the movie. Um, Susan Sarandon pops up briefly. I enjoyed the movie for what it was, but it is, it, it's trash. I mean, it's just straight garbage. It's very sleazy. You know the sort of movie you're in immediately. There's a part where she leaves, or pardon me, she's uh, going back into her apartment to have uh, sexual relations with a, a gentleman who's played by Jai Courtney in the movie. They close the door. Her apartment number is six. The number flips upside down. So the door now reads 69. That's the sort of movie we're in. Um, there's a chase sequence through a hospital 
where she's picking up newborn babies and throwing them at Laverne Cox in order to distract her. Um, she rips a man's penis piercing out. This is not a movie for the whole family. It is not good. It is not highfalutin. I did have fun watching it. It's a two and a half star movie. Well, I'm not sure everybody would have fun watching. I think I'm it's kind of I'm sorry. I think it's hilarious that a ripoff of Crank is called Jolt. It's like they really were like, "Hey, we really got to make a version of this film called Crank." Well, let me look at my thesaurus. What's an a ver- What's another word for Crank that we could use to? Yes, it was produced by Millennium Media. They shot in Bulgaria. It's very cheap looking. It's it is what it is. I enjoyed and it, it. And it's mileage found, may vary. It's found only on Amazon Prime. Is that right? Correct. It came out last Friday on Amazon Prime. You have one more I think you want to talk about right now, uh, Alec. And uh, you've got a review either coming up or in the uh, in the nope. lineup for re Rob, sorry, Ride the Eagle. So tell us about that. Correct. Um, yeah, the review will be published this afternoon. Uh, this was a big surprise for me. Uh, the movie stars and was co-written by uh, Jake Johnson, who folks may remember from the sitcom New Girl, or for voicing Peter B. Parker in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I'm a fan of this guy. I like him a lot. I like his vibe. Um, The movie wasn't as funny as I expected it to be, but I found it to be incredibly moving. I I cried through a lot of this movie. Um, Jake Johnson's a musician who's kind of hit a, a wall in his career, Um, His mother, uh, again, Susan Sarandon pops up here, uh, has just passed away of cancer, and she is wanting to will him her cabin at Yosemite, but he must go through a list of uh, tasks that she has set up for him before he can inherit the cabin. Um, J.K. Simmons pops up in the movie as her ex-boyfriend. It's a hangout movie. There's beautiful scenery. It's mostly him hanging out with his dog named Nora and smoking a lot of grass. But uh, I found it really moving and really funny at times. So, so would you say this is the best of the three? Easily, easily. I would, I would give the movie four and a half out of five stars and would highly recommend it. It'll be available in select theaters and on VOD beginning Friday. Okay, so it's coming. It may not be at a local theater yet, but it'll be on video on demand. And also uh, we'll, should be in, in the, a theater or a few theaters soon. One of the better movies of the year so far, in my opinion. Very good. Is it better than Pig? No. Okay, Pig is still I, number one for you. I'm big on the Pig. I love Pig. It's so good. Excellent. I want to ask you about something that uh, I've just read about before we uh, started this. You really cannot watch television these days without seeing a commercial for the film Stillwater. I mean, the, the studio is spending a fortune on marketing for this film. Some of the early reviews are already in because it's going to open, I think, a couple of days after we post this podcast. So some people may may be listening or watching this after it's already been released. But Adam, from what I have seen, the um, reviews so far have been kind of in the middle. Like, this is a great idea for a movie, had some good acting talent in it, but it just doesn't quite make it as a good film. So I'm sorry to hear that. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I hope it's better than what I've seen. Um, I think Alec is going to review uh Stillwater on thursday i was going to but i had to change my schedule uh and then it'll be a friday i'm saying it tomorrow night okay and then um another one i think me and alec might go catch is green night on saturday now both these films have been highly anticipated you've probably seen a lot of marketing for both the green night with dev patel which i know you're a big fan I, you like dev patel right 
think oh, Blair, I think, I think he's one of the best actors, uh, young actors of our time. Yes. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, Stillwater with Matt Damon. So these are anticipated movies. Uh, they were not given screeners, uh, no, not in person, not links uh, to any of the Indianapolis media. So uh, I don't know who was, what it was like in other markets, whether they just did select screenings in other cities or whether people did the reviews from seeing it at a film festival. Uh, I know that's what it sometimes happens. But um, these films were not screened for the public, which is always interesting. You're like, is there something wrong about the movie? Why are they not putting it out there? Stillwater got a standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival, Alex. So you'd think it would be something of value. I guess we'll find out. I'm looking forward to seeing it. Tom McCarthy's a good filmmaker. I really liked uh, Spotlight. And I'm trying to remember the name of the Richard Jenkins movie he did. Is it The Visit or The Visitor? He also didn't, he did the one Station Agent, right? With uh, Peter Dinklage. He did that. The, the Cobbler, which everybody loves with Adam Sandler. <laughs> Hey, I, a guy from my high school is in that movie. Guy, I, was I, I didn't hate that movie. It, the movie is very old-fashioned. It's not for everybody. It's It wears its heart on its sleeve, and that's yeah. okay. So did your friend have a bit part, or did he have a large one? Um, he, I forget which I don't... You know, I think I tried to watch the movie out of respect for him, but it is a low bottom-of-the-barrel Adam Sandler movie. So if he's seeing this, like, hey, no respect to you, dude, but I'm... Uh, yeah, it's not really my jam. But yeah, he, I think... Did you- yeah. Did you go to high school with Method Man from the Wu-Tang Clan? Yes, me, me and Method Man are good friends. No, uh, his name is Adam Shapiro. He was actually had a role in, uh, was it The Normal Heart, with the, the Ryan Murphy movie, uh, like a speaking role in that. So uh, he's a big guy. He often plays rabbis in uh, movies So because he's, he's got that look. Okay, gentlemen, we're getting close on time, so I want to ask you about something else. We are recording this on July 28th. The day before we recorded this, the Centers for Disease Control has now come out with new guidance on mask wearing, basically saying that if your locality has a certain transmission rate, that the recommendation is you wear masks indoors at all times. So this could have a major impact on the film going public and the movie theater industry as far as bringing people back to theaters, uh, because if people are required to wear masks, that may have an impact on all this. So Alec, I'm curious, uh, how do you see this? Do you think this will be a, a big issue going forward or will, or, or will uh, the public continue to see movies even with masks on? I intend to keep going. I don't know about other folks. It does seem like the movie business has slowed somewhat. I think um, people are, are consuming media differently. Streaming services are, are paying the $30. Um, I wore masks during the pandemic. I mean, we're still in the pandemic. Uh, and I'll continue wearing a mask if, if need be. I haven't been of late, but I may revert back to it. So Adam, it had been that if you're vaccinated, no problem. You could go to a, a movie theater without a mask. Now, uh, with some of the variants out there that are, that were, even if you're vaccinated, if you don't get sick, you can pass it on to other people. So uh, if we continue with this, not a mandate, it's not a mandate, and the theaters can decide what they want to do. It is recommendations from the Centers for Disease Control. What, what do you th- how do you think the theater owners are going to react to this? So, I mean, every business is allowed to make its own policy. Uh, regardless of what uh, CDC or state, well, I mean, sometimes the state can mandate policies, but businesses can always have stricter policies than the government allows. So if they say 
even if Governor Holcomb or the state doesn't have a mask mandate, I think they, I saw something recently that as of today, they weren't, that wasn't something that was being considered for the state of Indiana. Um, you know, the movie theaters could affect that, especially since many of these are national chains. Uh, I think it would deter some people, uh, even if they understood the reasoning behind and they were supportive of mask wearing, they may just say, well, I'll just stay home. Um, so that, that may deter some people. Uh, some people, you know, when you hear this news, they may get a little more skittish to go out and start doing things again. Maybe it hurts some consumer confidence. So uh, we'll see. Um, I do also think it, I feel tough for the people who work in these businesses if these businesses do make these decisions, because I think you're going to have a very hard time convincing some people in the public to start to wear masks um, now. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard. Uh, and some people may be disrespectful or belligerent to staff, which is never, which is never nice to do. Um, it's hard. I mean, some people will say, hey, I'm vaccinated. Uh, we, this has been forever. I've wore a mask. I'm not going to go back to wearing a mask. Uh, then there's some people who haven't been vaccinated, but just were always kind of strongly against masks. Those people, um, I don't, I don't think they've calmed down in that regard at all. So, uh, yeah, it'll be tough. I think it'll be difficult to get people to mask up again. Just to be honest. I, I think it will be hard to get people to comply with, with mask regulations, even if it was required by the state. I think it's going to be very difficult to get people to comply. Yeah, one thing that a pollster said the other day, they've only got preliminary data right now, but the way things look at this time is that a lot of the vaccinated public is getting very impatient with the part of the public that refuses to be vaccinated because they blame the unvaccinated for causing them to have to deal with all these restrictions. So I think we, that that will have some kind of repercussion. I'm not sure which way, but that is that's beginning to become a trend and we, we may see uh, public policy reflect that in some way. Okay, we're about out of time. Alec, uh, one minute for anything you want to talk about, a minute or less, anything you have. I guess be on the lookout for my review of Ride the Eagle. It'll be up this afternoon. I have a review of a movie called The Exchange. Uh, that'll be up tomorrow. And uh, two reviews on Friday. Um, Stillwater, the Matt Damon vehicle we were talking about earlier, as well as the new Jean-Claude Van Damme movie, The Last Mercenary, which premieres on Netflix on Friday. And uh, yes, it should be noted, we're recording this and posting this on July 28th. So many of these reviews will already be up. And remember, the filmyap.com is going to uh, uh, a subscription model. Uh, they're very, uh, it's very inexpensive right now. So the filmyap.com, go there and they, you get all the details there. Adam, a minute or less, anything you have for us? So uh, a couple old movies I watched on Netflix recently. Uh, I watched uh, Our Idiot Brother, a kind of fun comedy with Paul Rudd that I'd seen years ago, but rewatched it. And Alec will appreciate this because Alec gets teary-eyed at every movie. The part where Paul Rudd is finally reunited. One out of every four. Yeah. When Paul Rudd, is, he's finally reunited with his dog. Oh, man, that hit me emotionally. It's just all he wanted to do was be with his dog again. That. That hit me. And then, Larry, you'll appreciate this one I watched the other day on Hulu. Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. Remember that one? The I sequel with Michael Douglas? Not as good as the original, but it was an okay film. What was interesting, and I forgot how much this film, it was one of the first movies to really deal with the 2008 financial collapse. And the movie came out in 2010, but it's set like 2007, 2008, right as the collapse is happening. 
So while it's not a great film, um, it, it, it is interesting in the sense that it kind of was before uh, a lot of these other movies that dealt with the same topic. And it kind of was one of the first movies to talk about how that housing bubble burst. And the great scene from that second Wall Street film was uh, the Michael Douglas character getting out of prison with that gigantic cell phone <laughs> from, the, from the old days. It's like, okay, there's a, a look at the past. Well, gentlemen, uh, I, I don't know about you. August generally is kind of a, a down month for new films being released. The better films do not tend to get released in August until we get close to Labor Day. There is uh, sometimes a, a, a slew of films of some value. So we'll be on the lookout for the best films and the films you might not want to uh, waste your time with. So my thanks to Adam Lawson and Alec Toombs. You've been listening to the GreatAMovies.com podcast. My name is Larry Landon. Please be safe and be kind.